You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Well, everybody, here's what I want to look at today. It's time. Someone say it's time. Someone say it's time. Can you write this down? It's time. See notes. There we go. It's so hard when you're taking notes on your phone. It's like, are they texting their friends or are they taking notes in church? It's hard to know. But we're writing down, it's time, ready? It's time to overcome your fears. It's time to overcome your fears. I'm going to take you over to the book of Joshua chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go over there in a minute. But while you're there, I want to, and while you're going there, I'm going to get, let me give you a background to what we're going to see over in Joshua chapter 1. Before Joshua 1, the children of Israel were living in slavery in the land of Egypt. And God wanted to set the children of Israel free. And so he raises up a man named Moses. And Moses, here's the call of God, if you remember, at the burning, at the burning bush. And, and God's speaking to Moses through the burning bush, telling him to go to the Pharaoh and ask the Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go. And so Moses is, is obedient. He goes and... and Ask the Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go. And the children of Israel begin to watch God perform miracles, everybody. Miracles. They watch these plagues unfold uh, against the, the Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. And after there's so many pharaohs or so many plagues, the Pharaoh finally says, okay, fine, get these guys out of here, right? I'm getting sick of all these, all these plagues. So he lets them go. And then they moved into the wilderness and watch what happens in the wilderness. Some of you know the story, right? They get up against the Red Sea and God's like, no big, no big deal. And he causes the Red Sea to stand up on end. Come on. Someone say miracle. Plagues are what? A miracle. Someone say miracle. Like God just keeps showing up. And then God continues, like God leads them with a cloud by day and a fire by night. Some say miracle. Miracles like when God intervenes. They, they keep moving forward and cloud by day, fire by night. God provides manna. It's a miracle. That God provides water in the midst of the desert. It's a miracle. They're watching God intervene time and time and time again. Well, God leads them all the way up to the edge of the promised land. And do you know that when Moses got to the edge of the promised land, they did not go into the promised land. They sent spies into the promised land and the spies came back and they gave a bad report. They said, there are giants in the land. There's fortified cities in the land. We can't go into the land. And the children of Israel under the leadership of Moses failed to go into the promised land. Listen, the very land that God had promised them, like he said, I'm going to give it to you. Right. Amen. But they didn't go in. Why? Why did they not go in? Someone say fear. Fear. Fear kept them from walking into the very thing that God had promised to give them. Think about that. And I wonder in our own lives what fear has held us back from. What fear has kept us from. What, what fear has caused us to not walk in. It's now 40 years later. And God raises up a man named Joshua. Joshua now is in the very same place. He's at the edge of the promised land. And so you understand the the promised land is, the the, the border of the promised land is this Jordan River, okay? And he's got, he's up against the Jordan River. And they're getting ready to do what God had called them to do and go into the land. And I want to show it to you over in the book of Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. 
Here's what it says in Joshua 1, 1 through 5. It says that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land which I'm about to give them. Like God is, I have promised it to them. I'm going to give it to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon into the great river, the Euphrates, to the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Watch this as I was with with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Here's the instructions. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to give them. Moses is now dead. Joshua now has to step into a new place of leadership. He's standing on the edge. God is calling him to do the very same thing Moses did. But do you know what Joshua is wrestling with? Let's look at it in verse 9. Have I not commanded you? God is giving him instruction. Be strong and courageous. Do not be, what's it say? Afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Moses is at the edge of the promised land. Why doesn't he go in? Fear. Joshua's at the edge of the promised land. What is he wrestling with? Fear. How do I know he's wrestling with fear? God told him not to be afraid. If God has to tell somebody, don't be afraid, it's because inside God sees the fact that they are struggling with, someone say fear. Church, listen, from time to time in our life, we're all going to face different fears. Okay? Fear arises out of this perception that there's a threat to us, that, that something could cause us harm in some way. And so for the people living under Moses, the, the fear was that they would go into the promised land and, and that the people living in the land would kill them, that the people living in the land would, would take their lives, that they weren't going to be able to survive in the promised land. So that's what kept them from going in. Now Joshua is at the edge of the promised land and fear is still present. Well, what's the fear for Joshua? Well, the fear for Joshua, I think a lot of it was learning to lead with Moses now gone. I mean, some of us have been in that place like where we've got to move forward with, without somebody who once was a pillar to us. And so Joshua's in that place. And I think for Joshua, there's, there's the, the missing of Moses. There's also this new pressure of leadership. He's never done this before. He's never led hundreds and thousands of people. And there's all this pressure on him. And God shows up and says, listen, do not fear. So for Moses, it was, they might lose their lives. For Joshua, it was these new pressures. But I wonder what it is for you. Like, what are the things that you find in your life right now that are causing you fear? That are causing you to, to wonder about your future, to wonder if you're going to be okay. And I think it's different for us in different seasons, right? I mean, when you're young, what you fear is maybe like the bullies on the playground. Like, you fear not getting out to that. Remember when recess bell would ring and you'd have to run out really fast to try to get in line first for the, for the swings? Anybody remember that? Like, your fear was that you wouldn't be first in line. Those are the things you feared. That maybe you wouldn't be able to get on the, on the swings, you know, in time before the bell ring or something like that. You, those were your fears. The simple fears. Fear of the, of the, of the dark. Fear of being alone. 
And we grow up and those fears, some of them stay with us. Some of you still fear not being able to get on the, on the swing set. I don't know. Some of you still fear, you know, the dark or being alone, but, but our fears shift and they change. And I wonder what it is for you. Some of us, for some of us, it's the fear of what other people think. And for a very long time, the fear of what other people think has held you back. It is, it is, it is, it has caused you to not move forward. Maybe it's not the fear of what others think. For you, it's the, it's just the fear of, fear of failing. And because you fear failing, you're, you're unwilling to try. You, you, you fear maybe what your future is going to look like. You, you, there's different fears that we face. Now watch everybody. Fear was telling Joshua, pay attention, to run from the very thing that God was calling him to run toward. Let that sink in for a second. Fear, the presence of fear, was trying to get Joshua to run from the very thing that God was saying to run toward. And so, if that happened in his life, it's bound to happen in our lives. Do you know that there in your life is the presence of, when there's the presence of fear, that fear is often trying to get you to run from the very things that God is calling you to run toward. Now, follow me. If that's true, then we need to pay attention to fear. If that's true, we, we sort of need to learn to sort through our fears, okay? Because I think when we fear things, what we do is we, we take the thing we fear it comes at us and what we want to do is we file it away in a cabinet, right? We put it over here like, don't ever deal with that. Don't ever bring this up. Don't, don't ever go there. Don't ever do this because there's this thing that causes fear. And so I'm going to file it away in this filing cabinet. And I never want to deal with it. I never want to talk. I don't want to think about it, right? I, I don't want to think about trying to lead. I don't want to think about stepping out again and serving. I don't want to think about making that phone call or, or, or trying to open my life up to relationships again. I don't want to think about it because it's fearful. But watch, just like with Joshua, the thing that he was trying to run from is the very thing that God was calling him to run toward. And if that's true, friends, we have got to learn to sort of sort through the fear in our life because not all fear is created equal. There are some things you're afraid of right now, you're trying to run from right now, that God is saying, no, 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 you are meant to run to that right now. And the places of your life where you're experiencing fear, God actually wants to lead you to experience faith, to walk in faith. See, you think in your, in, that in your Bible, all these men and women that you read of that God used mightily in faith, that they never experienced fear. That's not true. They almost always experienced fear. But what happened was, listen, instead of bowing to their fear, they learned to allow their faith to overcome their fear. Matter of fact, I would say this. Every, every great story we tell, I promise you that somewhere in the heart of the person that God used was a little bit of fear saying, run away. Come on. You, you don't think that when Daniel was told he's going to get thrown in the lion's den, he was just like, all right, that's cool. I think he was like, oh my gosh, but God, right? You don't think that when David saw Goliath standing on the back, there wasn't just a little bit of like, this is crazy. Come on. But he allowed his faith to go, my God's bigger than you. 
Like, think about every single story you read about. There's just these people, I guarantee you, were facing fears, but they need to learn, they learn to overcome their fears. And friends, I'm telling you right now, there are things that God wants to do in your life. He wants to do in your family. He wants to do in our city. He wants to do through our church. He wants to do in our nation. When the people of God learn to allow their faith to overcome their fear. What is it you're afraid of? Fear was pushing Joshua from the very things that he was called to run toward. And what if in your life, fear is actually the place, (laughs) the places of fear are actually the place where God wants to grow you in faith. Like it's an opportunity to watch God grow you. So what if my fear of opening up to a relationship is actually the place where God wants to grow me through relationships? And I've been avoiding relationships because I'm afraid of relationships. I don't want to get hurt again. Anybody? Like, I don't want to trust people again. Every time I trust people, they hurt me. And, I, and, and God is going, no, go again. Try again. Open up, go to small group again. Go to, see, like, open up your life again. Pour yourself into people again. Oh, they're going to come back. Hey, just keep going. Your fear, if it wins out, will keep you from doing the very things that God has called you to do. Do you follow what I'm saying? You've been trying to protect yourself. But you've actually been hindering yourself. You've been trying to guard your life and all the while God's been trying to use your life and to bless your life. If you could just move past your fear. So you've got a fear of failure. Come on, this is somebody right now. You have a fear of failure in a certain area of your life because maybe you failed there before and now you don't want to go there again because you tell yourself, I'll just fail again. But God is calling you to actually run toward that thing again in faith. But you've been avoiding it. You've been ignoring it. There's places where God wants to meet you in your life. And he'll meet you as you move forward into the places that you fear in your life. Are you with me, church, today? So for some of you, it's the area it's the area of leading. For others of you, it's the area of parenting. For some of us, it's the area of maybe just starting something new. And, and, and God's been pushing you to. It's like, like where? Listen, if I had a fear detector and I just bring up different topics, like, like where does all of a sudden this like, no, 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 like like pay attention to that because chances are that's a place where God wants to meet you in faith, wants to meet you in faith. So it's time to stop running from the very things that God is calling us to run toward church. We've got to learn to do this. Amen. Run now toward the very things that I've been afraid of. So Joshua, Joshua would go on, everybody, to cross the Jordan. He fights 13 different battles and he takes down 31 different kings. He ends up securing the land, okay? But how does he get there? How does he go there? Can I tell you how he got there and how he went there? How did, everyone thinks of Joshua and you think of the walls of what? The walls of Jericho fall. Joshua and the walls of Jericho. Can I tell you that you would have never seen the walls of Jericho? He would have never been able to watch the victory in Jericho if he didn't get victory at the Jordan. Do you understand that? We all talk about Jericho. Can we talk about Jordan? Because Jordan was the spot where God said, trust me. You watched me work through Moses. You watched me rain down manna from heaven. You watched me part a Red Sea. Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. How does he know if God's going to be with him? He got to get his feet wet. He's got to step into the Jordan and watch God show up. 
And so God is trying to get him to exercise faith over fear. And here's what God does. I want you to write this down. God begins to fuel his faith. And the way you are going to overcome your fear is not by you sitting around going, okay, stop being afraid. Stop being afraid. Okay, stop being afraid. Okay, okay, now stop being afraid. Okay, That's not going to work. Let me give you a secret. It's called fuel your faith. If you fuel your faith, your fears won't stand a chance. Come on, somebody, that's good preaching. I don't care what you say. Are you with me? If you fuel your faith, your fears don't stand a chance. Man, I, I love, I love getting out, like, backpacking, camping, come on, going to the beach, and, and starting myself a bonfire. How many of you love sitting around a little bonfire? Anybody with me? Like, you just, I just love it, the, 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 the fire, it's just something about staring at fire and watching it and talking to your friends, and, man, we just, we went out with a bunch of the interns out to Joshua Tree and sat under that desert, desert sky, watched the moon rise, and, and just talked, worshiped, and a little fire going, it's, it's great. I love it. You ever, you ever been out at a campfire when it starts to rain a little bit? I mean, a little drizzle, a little rain coming down. What's so interesting is that if you sit there and do nothing, it'll put your fire out, won't it? If, if you've got just a little, just a little smoldering fire, just the smallest rain will put that fire out. But something else happens that's really interesting is if you fuel that fire, the rain, it evaporates before it even gets there. If it starts raining, because I've done it, and you're taking kerosene and putting it on that fire and you get it blazing and you're throwing fuel inside of it. I'm telling you that rain doesn't stand a chance. Some of you today are wondering why your fire is going out, why you don't have enough faith. Friends, you've got faith, but it's now time to fuel your faith. If you don't fuel your faith, then the slightest fear will douse it out. So God now for Joshua begins to fuel his faith. And if you fuel your faith, your fears won't stand a chance. How does God fuel his faith? Let me give you two things and then we're going to baptize. Two things. God fuels his faith in two different ways that we see in Joshua 1, 8 through 9. And you're going to take this from here and you're going to let God begin to do this in your life. He's going to fuel your faith. Tell your neighbor, say, fuel your faith. Tell him, tell your next neighbor, say, fuel your faith. Help me out, church. Fuel your faith. How does God do it in the life a Joshua, Joshua chapter one, verses eight and nine. It says this. Keep this book of the law, the Bible. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. This is for somebody right now. Listen, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want you to write two things down. God, feel, come on church, amen. Write two things down. I'm telling you, church, as we go into the fall, your faith is going to be at full flame. I believe God wants to do some incredible things through your life and through our church. And he's calling us to be at full flame. We're not going to run from the things that we're afraid of. We're going to run toward the things God's called us to, no matter how afraid we might be. Amen. But you got to fuel your faith. How? How? Ask your neighbor. Say, how? 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 Listen, everybody. It's the word of God. Some say word of God. And it's the presence of God. It's the word of God and it's the presence of God. God's word 
to Moses, to, to Joshua was, listen, keep the commandments, the law, on your lips. In other words, you're talking about them. They're, they're coming out of your mouth. He says, meditate, which the, the word literally means to, it's, to, it's a murmur. Okay, it's a, it's a mutter. It, it means this, everybody. It means he was to get God's word. If he was going to be successful in what God was calling him to do, he had to overcome this fear. In order to, in order to overcome this fear, to keep taking steps, watch, he had to get God's word in him and then to make sure to keep it swirling around inside of him. That's what it means to meditate. It's just swirling around inside of you. And it keeps coming out of him. When we interact with and immerse ourselves in God's word, do you know something supernatural happens inside your soul? The Bible says that that it, the word of God, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living and it's active. And when you interact, watch, with God's word, something supernatural happens. You know what happens? God uses his word to fuel your faith. God uses his word to increase your understanding and your trust in God. And there's just something that happens inside of you. He fuels your faith. Some of you don't believe me. You're looking at me like I'm like making this up. Listen to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says this, that faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. I need more faith. I need more faith. I'm losing my, I don't have, I don't have. Listen, are you getting in God's word? God's word is the fuel to your faith. And if you're not getting in God's word, friends, then the slightest fear is going to douse out your faith. God's word's like kerosene on the embers of your faith. And if you can just get the fuel on the fire that's there, you're going to see that fire burn much brighter. So if you want to go into a season filled with faith, you got to go in that season filled with God's word. Can I get a better amen? God's word. That's how he feeds us. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, that man shall not live by bread alone. You thought, you thought this was all about feeding yourself physically. You thought this was all about your next meal, you know, at Panera Bread. God says, no, this is not about just feeding yourself physically. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, getting into God's word. Why? Because it's the original, true, and only soul food. It is. And and until you eat God's word and feed your soul, you're going to be malnourished. And so you're wondering why you can't face your fear and step into the thing that God's asking you to do. It's often because you're malnourished. You're trying to go out and fight a battle and, and you're actually weak and, and struggling. And if you're going to have the energy and the faith and the stamina to do the things that God's called you to do, I'm telling you, you cannot. You cannot do it without immersing yourself in the word of God. Some of us live lives dominated by fear. And it's because it, it's not because we don't have any faith. But it's because we're not fueling our faith. You're malnourished. You're malnourished. And that's been the problem the whole time. Look, you're starving right now. You've been skipping on your meals. You got to get God's word in you. And the only way to get God's word in you is to get into God's word. Oh, I know it's brilliant, right? Write that down, right? The way I get God's word in me is I got to get into God's word. And friends, do you know that 
It's so important. I mean, it's one of the, one of the, one of the reasons we gather together on Sundays, we get into God's word. Amen. I love getting into God's word. But you know that anyone who's going to grow in their faith to overcome their fear, fears is not just a Sunday feeder. You know, I hear people say sometimes like, well, I'm just not, I wasn't getting fed. I'm not getting fed. I'm not, and it is almost just like, ah, can I just give you, like, I don't, if you think that you getting fed is a Sunday morning showing up to church, I'm just going to warn you up front. You're never going to get fed ever because you getting fed is not supposed to be from a church on a Sunday morning. You getting fed is supposed to be you going to the trough on your own all throughout the week. Does that make sense? Come on, are you with me? And, and what's supposed to happen at any great church in this? We have great churches in this, in this area. And at any great church, you know what's supposed to happen on Sunday morning? Just wet your appetite. Just going to wet your appetite. You get into God's word and you go, wow, I need more of that. I need more of that. I need more of that. And you've got to find yourself. I'm telling you, anyone is going to have the faith to overcome fear. Anyone who is actually growing in their faith is somebody who's feeding their faith on the word of God every single day. Meditate, he says, in it day and night meditate. That means I get it in me and I'm thinking about it all the time. You know, Tate and I do this all the time. Every season of a life, there's a word that God has given us. There's a scripture God has given us and we'll get up against something and whatever that word is, we'll, we'll repeat it back and forth to each other. Remember the verse God gave us. Remember the verse God gave us, right? I will not leave you or forsake you. I will uphold you by my, 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 my righteous right hand, Isaiah. And I'll tell her, remember, God gave us that word. God gave us that word. And I'm telling you, there's different seasons in our life. That's a word we're just meditating on. God, what does that even mean? What does that mean? What does it mean? Psalm 23. I love the entrance. Just memorize Psalm 23. Why do we get them to memorize Psalm 23? So that as they're going out throughout their day, the spirit of God can use the word of God to put some fuel on the faith that's inside of them, no matter what they face. If they don't have that inside of them, then the spirit of God is not going to be able to reference the thing that, come on, are you with me? You got to get it in you. And guys, we have so many opportunities to do that now. The word of God is made available to us. We have so many. How many of you like you like a, love a little U version Bible app? If you haven't gotten yourself the U version Bible app, download yourself the U version Bible app. All right. And on the U version Bible app, there are all sorts of different programs you can start. The Bible app has been downloaded over 500 million times. Incredible. And I'll, I'll tell you, sometimes on, on, I love get I love getting my paper Bible. I love my paper Bible. But sometimes in the morning, I'm running around, and, and what I love to do is I'll, I'll get out my coffee, and I'll get out my journal, and I'll just bring open, open my Bible app on my iPad, my journal on one side, my Bible on the other on my iPad, and I just, there's a, there's a guy in the New Living Translation that he reads it to you, and I love how he reads it to me, and he has read me, I'm, I'm, about, I'm about four weeks away from going through the whole Word of God, and he's been reading it to me this whole time. And I just sit and I'll take notes and I'll journal and I'll pause and I'll reflect and I'm just getting God's word in me every single day. When I wake up in the morning, Tatum's woken up before me and I look over. Do you know what she's doing? She's in God's word every single morning, reading, 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 writing, journaling. And like yesterday, I'm telling you, this is our life. Yesterday, I'm like, hey, what did you read today? And she'll, she'll share with me. Sometimes she'll get out her journal, tell me some stuff God showed her. Look at, we're in God's word. And, and, and because it fuels our faith. I need God's word. Come on. Amen. So you feel your faith on the word of God. Get into God's word. Someone say the word of God. Someone say the presence of God. As Joshua is about to go into that land, God says, you're going to need to stay in my word. You stay in my word. And he says, and I need you to remember this. I'm with you. 
wherever you go. I'm with you. So you're up against that thing. I don't know if I should. I'm so fearful. Hey, get a whole heavy dose of God's word. And then you always remember this. He is with you wherever you go. And you have got to teach yourself. Come on, teach yourself to remember that God is with you. Teaching ourselves to remember that God is with us is one of the major keys to fueling your faith. And I am telling you right now, the moment you forget that God is with you, is the moment that you start, the moment you start to doubt that God is with you, the moment you question that God is with you, is the same moment that fear begins to win in all of this. The moment you forget who's with you is also the same moment that fear is going to defeat you. But if you can remember God is with me, then I also remember nothing can stand against me. Come on, amen? Nothing can do, like God is with me. And so God says, Joshua, what do you got to be afraid of? Guess who's got your back? God's got your back. And he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Even when I do something dumb, I'm still there and I still love you. And there's this thing called forgiveness. I'll wash you, I'll cleanse you, I'll bring you. I am with you. I've got your back. And so church, we've got to learn to remember the presence of God. There's, there's nothing more reassuring or calming, encouraging, nothing more empowering or emboldening than stopping to acknowledge God's presence. And you've heard me talk about this. We pray sometimes, God, would you just be with me today? And I get the sediment. But friends, listen, God is with you today. He just is. Like, God's not waiting for an invitation. He's with you all day, every day, no matter what time of day. The problem isn't God being with you. The problem is you recognizing the fact that he's with you. Stopping to remember the fact that God is with you. See, I've got to stop and recognize it. His presence. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. Psalm 139 says this. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take up the wings of the dawn, if I dwell on the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will hold me. The psalmist saying, no matter where I go, there you are. And friends, God is always with you. And the more time you spend reminding yourself who's with you is the less time you spend going around worried about all of this, fearful of all of this. If I can walk around remembering who's with me in all of this, then I don't have to fear all of this, right? And so God keeps inviting, just like he did Joshua in this place, of remembering that God is with you. See, when I remember that, here's why it's critical. When I remember that, it puts me in the context of how I'm supposed to live my life. As we get ready to go into baptism. I live my life not in the context of chaos around me. See, that, that's a, I'm, I'm not living just in the chaos. I mean, can we, I mean, there's some chaos right now. Some chaos in our nation. There's some, maybe some chaos at home. There's chaos in your life. There's, there's chaos. Some of you walk through very, very, man, very hurtful and and really hard, difficult times. Like you're in that. But can I tell you, you're not just in that context. It's not just that context. You're not not just in the chaos. You're not just in the pain. You're not just in the hurt. 
You're not just in that context. You live, listen, in a greater context. Like, like those, all those things are the subcontext. See what I'm saying? There's a greater context. What's the greater context? That God is with me in all of it. And therefore, because I'm living in that context, I'm not just subject to the chaos. I'm, I'm actually subject to God who is over all the chaos. Does that make sense? And so I realize now that my life is lived in the context of who God is. And because of that, listen, I don't have to be afraid. Because of that, I don't have to run in fear. Because God is with me, even if I don't have it figured out, I'm okay. Why? He's got it figured out. Because God is with me, when I don't know what to do, that's okay. God will know what to do. When I don't have the strength, that's okay. Why? Because God has the strength, and God will give me the strength. You've got to learn. We've got to learn to get in and remember the presence of God. Every single day. Listen to me. Intentionally stop and get in the presence of God every single day. Every single day. It'll fuel your faith. I I love for me, I, I... I love to play worship music in our house. I love to, uh, you've heard me talk about it before. I love the whole Bethel Without Words albums. It, it takes some of the, some of the, some of my favorite worship songs and it's just, it's just instrumental and I'll sit there and I'll just let it play in the back and I'll, I'll, I'll read God's word and I'll pray. I'll be driving in the car. If you, if you, if you're driving in the car next to me, if I'm not speeding, um, Tate and I both is pretty bad, but I'm telling you, I'll drive in and I'll pray and just worship and get into the presence of God. Just intentionally stop and go, thank you, God, that you're with me right now. Thank, I'm going to a meeting. God, thank you that you're going with me to this meeting. And thank you, God, you gave me the wisdom. And thank you. Just stop and get into the presence of God. Amen. So listen, church, fuel your faith. Fuel your faith. Fuel your faith. You fuel your faith on the word of God. So say word of God. You fuel your faith, watch, in the presence of God. So say presence of God. And you fill your faith. So we go into baptism. By, keep, by continuing to walk with God. Or by, by walking with God. It's interesting, watch. God tells Joshua, your next step, now that we get, we're getting your faith to, to this boiling point, your next step is to put your foot in the Jordan, to cross over the Jordan. Can I tell you that would have been fearful for them? Because at this season, the, the Jordan's running at, at full steam. They're thinking to themselves, we could drown in the Jordan. We might not make it through the Jordan. I don't know if we should go in there. And it, 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 it was opportunity for fear. But watch, God says, that's your first step. And can I tell you guys, crossing the Jordan is a baby step compared to the battle they're about to go in in Jericho, right? But God's going, I need you to take this step. Why? Because if you trust me in this step, you're going to watch me. Come on, you're going to watch me show up in this step. And when you watch me show up in this step, it's going to strengthen you for the next step. Oh, you, you, you think this is a big deal? You think watching me work at the Jordan is a big deal? You just wait till you see what I do with Jericho. But you're never going to see what I do with Jericho until you see me do what I'm going to do here at Jordan. And you never see me do what I'm going to do at Jordan until you put your foot in the Jordan. You got to get your feet wet. Church, you got to get your feet wet. There's some things you've been afraid of. And God's saying, go get your feet wet. Watch what I'll do if you just trust me. And I'll build in your life, in that moment, the faith you need to keep taking steps with me all the days of your life. Are you following me, church? He says, just take a step. 
God is going to lead you to conquer some Jerichos in your life. Some of you have been stuck. Some of you have hit pause. Some of you have stopped. And God is saying, he brought you here today. Say, come on, keep going. Go at it again. Trust me. Walk with me. Get your feet wet. Hey, for Joshua, his next step was the, was the Jordan. What's your next step? Where's he asking you to step out in faith? Where's he asking you to get your feet wet? Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on